0: It's time for the Anything Goes Hour with Stu Breyer. Welcome back to our program. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to have on our line Caroline Moore, who is vice president of Parents Defending Education, recently authored an op-ed on Newsmax titled uh, Local Schools Can Mitigate Border Crisis. Caroline, welcome to our uh, program at WICH. Hi.
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me on
0: it's important what you're doing these days because there's a lot of talk about education, where it's going. And um, on top of everything else, we have a tremendous amount of people coming over our border. So tell us about this up uh, op- uphead and uh, what you folks are working on.
1: Absolutely. So what we found is that, I mean, as we all know, that there are migrants coming across the borders at record rates. And I decided to write this op-ed because these things have already started to impact schools, these immigration policies. They're not just impacting people in New York and DC and Chicago and other big cities around the country. They're actually um, sending migrants all over, dispersing them across the country to small districts, to large districts. And this is going to have an impact on um, school districts and how they work with students for um, English as a second language programs, as well as um, the that these students are overall homeless. I mean, most of them are just put in areas, whether they're bused to um, a school district or they're flown in across the country, um, they're just kind of left by the government. And these kids are coming across the border, they're not immunized like all other kids who are going to public schools. And they really don't have, um, a stable home life because they don't necessarily have a house that, you know, the rest of us, um, most public school students have. Um, and so I think that, you know, this is starting to bubble up and be an issue in larger cities, but I think we need to start considering the impacts it's going to have on smaller districts across the country and how it's going to impact, you know, the teacher crisis as well as kids already aren't hitting their, um, their standardized test scores, and so if we add, you know, um, the 400,000 um, students into the mix um, who don't um, speak English or um, can read at a grade level or take, you know, pass their math test at a grade level, I mean, I think this puts all kids behind, and the illegal immigrant children are not being served appropriately, but the kids who are, you know, live, have lived in the district their entire lives are definitely not being served. And so I think this is going to be a major concern for all Americans.
0: I'm surprised it hasn't. Uh, well, I'm glad you're talking about it, but we don't hear at that aspect as much because I know many places there's a shortage of teachers to begin with. How in the world would we have enough teachers to, to teach these young people?
1: Absolutely. So I think that there is definitely going to be gaps in um, the teachers that can um, help these students out and get them up to grade level. And so that's why I propose that, you know, I mean, there are national honor society um, programs all over the country. There are philanthropic groups that usually work through churches or other um, um, local partnerships. But, I mean, schools are going to have, you know, a huge financial burden. And so they're going to have to look to local partnerships with these nonprofit entities or religious groups to help fill in the gap.
0: So obviously this is not going to stop soon. The administration doesn't seem to be um, up for that. So what can you do to help this situation? I know you're a person who's probably got a lot of people on your side, I'd say a lot of Americans. Where do we begin to make it better?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as part of our mission, we're a membership organization, um, and we have uh, members from all over the country And basically they help, um, they notify us of issues they see in their district or whatever. But um, I think that this is, the purpose of this op-ed was to kind of have teachers and have community members and parents alike be thinking about, you know, these issues are right around the corner. And I think that they are already impacting a lot of school districts. I know that this year on social media I've seen more um, teacher wish lists than I've ever seen in my life. And um, I know that, you know, teachers are trying to fill the gaps on their own, you know, starting Amazon pages and posting it and having celebrities, you know, um, buy deodorant or um, feminine products Mm. or whatever it is for kids just because they're homeless. Um, And a lot of this um, isn't being tracked. And I don't know that track is the right word, but I think that um, teachers and school districts should be thinking about um, accounting for these things that they're um, providing on their own or that are being donated um, on behalf of the community because in order for um, the State um, Department of Education or even the Federal Department of Education to um, figure out where the needs are, um, they need to know that there are needs. So it, it's good that you know um, teachers and school districts and administrators and community members are trying to um, you know, voluntarily get, you know, um, solve these problems on their own. But I think that school districts really need to take into account how much is being spent out of their own pockets and try to um, come up with proposals for the State Department of Education to help fill these gaps um, just in material matters. But I think that also they need to figure out, you know, what is going to make up for this as far as the English language issue. We can't deal with the homeless issue because, I mean, we have tons of Americans out of work. And um, they're homeless all over the country, and then we also have um, the added problem of the illegal immigrants who are homeless and so um, the Department of education they ha- they account for you know eight hundred and forty thousand migrant immigrant kids across the country, and they have funding for homeless children. And I think that, you know, um, in order for the Department of Education to really start filling these gaps, they need to figure out where the gaps are. And I don't think anybody is accounting for where these illegal immigrants are being placed. And so that's the first step, is to figure out where they're being placed, how much money is being spent out of pocket, and then that way um, school districts and State Department of Education Department of Education can try to um, propose what they actually
0: need. Well, um, I would think that some teachers are just going to throw up their hands and say, I don't need this. I mean, you're looking for bilingual because these people are coming from all over the world now. It's not just one center in place. Absolutely.
1: It's not just Spanish-speaking um, um, students that we have. We have um, students that are speaking all different languages because they're coming, yes, they're coming mostly from the southern border, but they're coming from all different countries. And so this is going to be a huge problem that we definitely need to start thinking about now.
0: So you're obviously a vice president of the Parents Defending Education. You obviously connect with some politicians. What kind of reaction are you getting from them as if they don't know this?
1: Well, I mean, I think that um, at the state level, they're not really thinking about this right now. What they're thinking mm. about is um, girls in sports, and they're thinking about... Um, Other issues that maybe deal with the transition surgeries and that type of thing. So those are the kind of the issues they're working with at the state level. I think at the federal level, we encounter a lot of politicians that are thinking, "Oh, the border crisis is bad," and they put it on their Twitter account. And I think that that's good. Like I think it's good to expose, you know, what's going on to try and get an accounting of what actually is happening and who it's impacting. But I think there actually need to be um, positive steps to pass legislation that requires um, accounting of fiscal concerns um, for districts and I think that politicians really need to figure out what's going on in their area. They need to instead of being in D.C. and sounding the alarm, I think that that's fine, but I think that they need to spend the time over the holiday to be meeting with mm-hmm. parents and community members who are you know, maybe have these issues but don't know who they're supposed to raise it to. Maybe they're talking to their child's Um, Teacher, but don't really know how to get action, um, how to, you know, make action from their frustration. And so that's why we're here. So we definitely encourage parents to reach out to us and let us know, you know, what's happening in their district, what they're um, seeing, if there are lots of um, illegal immigrant children coming in, um, if there's a huge homeless issue. And then we really try to expose um, what's going on either through, you know, news outlets like Talking to You or um, op-eds. Um, But we also try to pass model legislation at the um, state and federal level so that um, we can try to mitigate these problems at home and make sure that all students are getting the best education that they can, especially the ones who are in um, public schools because, you know, a lot of those, um, a lot of people look to school choice, and I think that that's great. But, I, mean, I think that we see that the um, public schools are really failing across this country. Mm-hmm. And anything that we can do to get them up to speed and get them the resources that they need that will actually be used positively um, to be helping all students and get them up to snuff, I think that that's very important, and that's what we aim to do.
0: Even before the, uh, the load of illegal immigrants coming into the country, uh, which is at the worst point ever, Academically, uh, It appears in our country that we're down anyway because of some of the wasted time with this over-the-top political correctness. I'm sure before this got really drastic and it's been that way for a year that your folks and parents talk about that a lot.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, our organization was founded by parents who, during covid um who were looking over their kids assignments and thinking gosh why are there these teachers so preoccupied with mental health and you know really it's not the teachers this is mm-hmm. um... these are policies that are being pushed down by administrators and teachers unions and activists and they're put on teachers and you know kids are not passing their classes they're at grade level and it's embarrassing honestly to be um, the united states and have all kids failing i went to public school i'm a product of public education and schools were great when I went to school. I, you know what I mean. It was, we didn't have these types of problems. But I think that these issues, yeah, like you said, they've been going on for you know several years. But it wasn't until COVID happened and kids were at home where parents are like, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. Why are you spending you know so many hours on these political things? And why do you have opinions about politics that you can't add? So um, I think that these are huge problems, and really that's what we aim to. Um, exposed across the country. And we do this through public records requests. And then we also have an anonymous um, tip email address that um, parents submit tips to every day. We get about um, upwards of 200 tips a week. And so based on those tips, we file freedom of information requests so the parents' names aren't tied to it. And if issues are, um, if they are, you know, based on, you know, lesson plans and that type of thing, we expose what's going on in the district so parents are aware and they have the tools they need to go to school district um, meetings and expose, hey, this is what my kid is learning, and they can't read. So, you know, kind of expose it, and um, the parents then have the tools to do that. But then we also file um, Office of Civil Rights complaints, and that's a lot of what I do. Um, if If schools have these affinity groups for teachers alike as well as students, um, that discriminate children based on the color of their skin or their religion or um, their sex. I mean, these are huge problems. Every kid in this country should be exposed to the same learning opportunities. Every child should be able absolutely. to them totally Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so um, we file that, and, you know, some people say, you know, this information, who cares, why file these? Um, but actually, it's very important for the Department of Education to be aware of discrimination, whether or not they file, um, do full-on investigations of the districts. With most of ours, they do. Um, but even if they don't, when, um, there is another administration that wants to take education seriously, you know, if there's a conservative person elected in the next, um, presidential election, we've created a paper trail so that the new Department of Education, um, politicals can come in, and they see these are where um, school districts are especially failing. They're discriminating against children. They have these terrible lesson plans, and they will have marching orders once they come in. And um, I really think that that's, that's what we think is very important, is giving people the information they need um, to you know, make changes.
0: I wish there were many more of you. Uh, how can people get involved with your uh, Parents Defending Education?
1: Absolutely. Um, our website is defendinged.org, all one word, defendinged.org, um, and we have great resources on there. We have a list of transgender, gender nonconforming policies. It's actually been very um, popular because a lot of parents don't know that their school district or schools allow um, their child to transition behind um, their back. So I, all school districts in every state that we've um, gotten our hands on is on there. We're up to, um, I think, ten point seven million students are impacted by these policies and families. Um, we also have a lot of information on foreign funding in public schools. Um, I before we conducted this research, I did not know that um, the CCP is, you know, giving funding to schools. Um, And so that is a great resource on there. And then we also have, I said, our um, anonymous tip email address. It's info at defendinged.org. And parents, community members, anyone who's concerned can just shoot us a tip or say, hey, give me a call. I'm concerned about this and I don't know what to do. We have a whole team who files open records requests. We don't want parents, you know, we want their kids to have... You know, friends at um, recess Or, you know, have someone to sit with On the bus, so we're happy to file that And don't want parents to have to be tied to any of that That's what we're here for Um, And anything that we can do Feel free to shoot us a note And we're happy to um, talk to parents Talk them through what's going on And um, let them know what's actually happening in their backyard
0: Well, it sounds like something That's very rare these days And that's good old-fashioned common sense So I do appreciate all that you do DefendingEd.org is a good place to start Definitely. Caroline, thank you very much, and good luck with your endeavor, and um, I hope it just keeps getting bigger.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have a good one.
0: Happy New Year. Thanks, Caroline.
1: You too.